And I get to let my guard down and just kind of slip into that carefree, little to no inhibition version of myself. So, and Porsche. <laughs> Porsche makes me cuss a lot. Por, por, the, top of the list. <laughs> Porsche Dion Duval. You know, I've, I've met Porsche only once and she seems like. She makes um, you cuss. She's sweet and as innocent as white's only pie. So I don't know how she makes you curse. That love. <laughs> what up, what up, what up, what up is three brothers. No sense. I'm Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Welcome to your favorite barbershop style podcast. I'm joined with my co-hosts, Rozzy and Buff. Fellas, tell them what's on your minds. It wasn't long ago we talked about New Year's resolutions, and apparently the gray hairs in my beard made a New Year's resolution, and that is to flourish because we are barely out of January, and them suckers are coming in (laughs) Left and right, bro. <laughs> it's a year t- increase. Increase. <laughs> Boy, they are coming in, man. So you, you've just, been hitting New Glow Baptist Church too much. <laughs> New Glow. <laughs> Years oh, here. Man. Oh man, but it's it's cool. I'm gonna let them let them let them do their thing. You know, it's whatever. That's all hey, I got. Man, I don't the, have the, anything, man. The, the ladies love the salt and pepper, man. Ladies love the salt and pepper, bro. They do. They do. Well, they, they say they do. I mean, I guess that's true. That's what they say. <laughs> My, our, our homeboy, I'm going to leave him unnamed. He doesn't believe that. So he dies his. I don't know if he still does, but he was dying his for a while. It's not me. He had enough, he had enough gray. There's nobody, had, nobody on this show. Nobody on this show. <laughs> but he is a mutual homeboy. <laughs> I need names after this after the okay. show. I need a name. Uh, I got you. I got you. Because I'm gonna talk about them. So because yeah, mine mine coming in too, and it's yeah, it's serious, and I, I'm ready for it. I like it, man. So uh, if they come in, they just come in as stragglers. So uh, I'm not against it, but I'm not I'm not welcoming welcoming them with open arms. Right. Um, I'm not against plucking a one or two. So it's just how so it is. Why, so why you don't die? You pluck. Yeah, I don't. I just if I see one, just like because they're they're very inconsiderate. Like they just you know just be like one just poke out. It's just like it doesn't follow any that, pattern. That is true. Yeah, it's they, they like, don't they don't lay down like normal hair. Like, yeah, so they, it's like yeah. you gotta go. It's like, yeah, is that lit? No. Oh, 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 oh okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and then sometimes I think I wear my my beard a little thicker than yours. And so when they get thick, it just be like this long little strand that just stick right. No, so yeah. um, I'm not with it. What you got, Razzy? I just want to say, uh, Dave Chappelle is 100% the GOAT. So I had the pleasure of seeing the new Dave Chappelle Chris Rock show, and spoiler free, but man, it is a good show. God, it is a good show. I am super excited for the special when it comes out so I can watch it again. If they were near me or close enough to me, uh, I'd probably go see them again. That's how good it is and how funny it is. Uh, just to let you guys know, I think everybody kind of wondered about if Chris Rock was going to talk about the slap. He does. Uh, so that 
is probably why he didn't make a lot of comments before or after it uh it's because he put it in his set so um you get that you get talk about his divorce you get like the the stories and jokes are hilarious the opening acts are funny uh white people any of our white listeners, uh, if you go, go with a thick skin because uh, they they go after white people um, in the crowd and, and it's hilarious. So just to let you guys know. But uh, they yeah, go after it, them or they are they? Uh, especially the opening acts, they like specifically like, you know, how they go in the crowd and heckle the crowd type thing. Okay. okay. Yeah. So they actually like go after me. If you, if you are white sitting in the front crowd, in the front row or in the, in the front rows, uh, you might get called out. So just be ready for that. I'm curious to see how both of these comedians will be received this year and and the next year and, and going forward because you have Dave Chappelle, who was arguably the most popular comedian just a few short years ago. And then he got all this pushback for his so-called LGBTQIA attacks. And now he's aligning himself with uh, Elon Musk and people like that. And then you also have Chris Rock, who many people, I think, mischaracterize as Will Smith defending black women and defending his wife. I feel like he's defending his ego. But we're past that argument. But... A lot of people were mad at Chris Rock for that Jada Pinkett joke. And I'm just curious to see when that special does drop, if people are going to uh, tune in or if they're going to start pulling away from those two. Because I still love both. I, I, I'll tell you, they'll probably tune in. But uh, the the set, they may get, they're going to get a lot of pushback and flack. Um, so that cancel culture is going to be strong after the special drops. Well, first of all, of course they're going to tune in. People want drama. People mm-hmm. want to be in on drama. They want to be first to drama. So, um, yeah, they're going to tune in. Uh, very interested to see the show. Uh, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm adding Dave Chappelle to one of the uh, shows I have to see before it's all over. Like, I want to see him live. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I thought about this other day who are the the great ones not just in the comedians but like the great artists like the all-time greats that we have entertainers sports athletes all those people who do you who have you seen who will you get to see right you know right. have you ever have, seen did you, did you see lebron play right yeah yeah that type of thing you yeah you know i think we mentioned this initially when serena retired right and it was like man I wish I would have got to see her play because you take for granted the fact that this person at some point is not going to be at the height of their craft or they're just going to they're going to they're going to go go away. You know, how many people thought Eddie Murphy was going to do stand up that much longer and hasn't done stand up in what, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, and probably thought they OK, I didn't get to see Raw or um what was the second one? D- Delirious. Delirious, mm-hmm. yeah. But I'll see the th- I'll see the next one, right? Never happened. So definitely want to see Chappelle, and it made me think of this is not a real question, but it made me think of I was happened to be watching uh, some clips the other day, and a Chappelle clip came on as far as one of his standups, and then Bernie Mac followed Kings of Comedy, 
And for me, that was one of the funniest segments ever. The um, the milk and cookies joke. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever laughed that loud or that hard just at a whole set because he was such a storyteller and brought you in that that I, I haven't seen many do that. Even with Chappelle, I love Chappelle, but I think the way Barney does it, his that uncle mentality that like you you saw him. He always said, I, I say the things that people don't that don't things people want to say, he says. So I, I kind of took that from him. But, you know, I thought I was going to see I wanted to see Barney one day. Yeah. And, you know, same thing never happened. So I'll tell you uh, uh, who's funny if you get a chance, because, uh, you know, he's not as popular, especially now. Uh, but Earthquake, I saw him when he came here uh, about a month ago, and he is freaking hilarious. So I I think I probably laughed harder at Earthquake than I did at Chris Rock. I can believe that. Chris Rock is really good. He's great. But sometimes his comedy can be a little too... Maybe his delivery. It's just I, sometimes his delivery annoys me. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, he has some high points, some very good... Uh, punchlines and everything like that but when you talk about just laughing back to back to back like can't catch a breath type thing I think that's a little bit of what it is it's uh, with him and Chappelle actually because Chappelle's a little bit of a storyteller in there and he has some pauses and then his punchline hits and you're like oh my god that's hilarious but you're not laughing constantly in either one of their sets Earthquake on the other hand his delivery so fast that you're laughing almost constantly where you can barely catch a breath uh, they Chappelle and uh, Chris Rock both did it towards the end of their sets where you know they built up and it's like boom okay now I'm laughing for 10-15 minutes straight but Earthquake I, I know there was probably a 20-30 minute segment of with his show that like I could barely catch a breath before the next punchline was coming because I think Chris Rock and Chappelle and comedians like that are and this is nothing against Earthquake or any other comedians like they're that intellectual comic mm-hmm. where you're thinking and they're, they're setting up their punchline and and there's some double Earth- entendres in there and yeah, like like, it's, it's levels to the joke yeah, yeah Earthquake just that. take you straight into it Barney Mac took you straight into it like man got him kids like it's just the way he's just gonna like he's gonna he's just gonna give it to you where you don't have to think about it you can be eight years old to understand what the where he's going with them and you know so yeah uh Glad we got a little laugh and chuckle. Uh, I, I guess we got to bring it up. The the whole Memphis thing, you know, that that brutal act. The once again, our our people who are sworn to protect and serve did not do their job. Yeah, I, I'll tell you though. The, the I look at it a little different. Uh, this one for me is different mainly because I don't look at it as a cop doing their day to day job and then it escalating and them doing something say racist or them overstepping. I feel like just from the facts that I've seen those boys jumped out on this kid and they, they, they that was personal with what they, they were trying to do. It wasn't the stop went bad and, you know, it became police brutality. I look at this group as they were just a gang that was like, yo, you crossed one of my boys. And so 
you about to feel it. So I, I don't even know. And, and you know, the facts got to come out on all of that. But I, I, I look at this one different. It feels different than for me. But um, do you hear a lot of those police brutality stories, though, that it's like it's the gang mentality. It's uh, overuse of power, overuse of force. Um, I mean, even if you look back on the wire, like to me, I can I saw a glimpse of the video. I could see this happening on the wire. Where they get somebody and they're just beating them brutally for whatever reason. Um, entitled, whatever. Um I don't know. Just I just to the to the Memphis community, uh stay strong. Make sure your voices are heard. To the families, the to Nichols family, you know, our heart my heart and prayers go with you. Um, and I just hope that justice is served to everybody involved because I'm pretty sure it's going to go deeper than those people in the video. Uh, I, I, I want to say hats off to the DA for bringing the charges up. Hats off to the chief of police for firing them. Hats off to the city. I think they handled it really well with talking to the family and everything showing them the video first like the way memphis has handled the situation i think is 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 textbook and and from like a pr perspective i think is the best that they could do right um uh, to hold the folks accountable byron i feel like he's other so i disagree with one of those takes it's not hats off to the chief of police and in the beginning i did think it was hats off to the chief of police but and I'm looking at this on a micro level. Like you you say, you hope justice is served. More than likely it will be. First off, they're black. Yeah. Okay. Second off, I mean, they're black. So more than likely justice is going to get served. But on the macro level, it's not. We talked about this before. This is what tough on crime looks like. And every city in this country, that's what we vote for. Black people, white people. We always vote for the candidate that's going to be tough on crime. And they create these specialized units like in Baltimore, the Gun Trace Task Force, uh, a lot of other specialty units that wear these plain clothes, that ride in these plain unmarked vehicles. Atlanta, we and, had a lot of them, the Red Dog unit in Atlanta back in the day. And, yep. and, and th- this is this is what happens. This Scorpion unit was created under her watch. She just took over in 2021 and this, this unit was created then. So we're also, we, I I say on the macro level, because until we start asking of our police departments to, to do things differently and to try to stop crime instead of being reactionary to it, look at the causes of crime and try to address that until then, we're always going to have incidents like this because people always vote on tough on crime. The other thing is, too many bad police are able to easily transfer to just another police department. I have to use the word allegedly, but Chief C.J. Davis, the chief of Memphis police, was fired from Atlanta PD for allegedly trying to retard an investigation of the husband of a sergeant on her department. So the husband of a sergeant on the department was accused of child pornography. The two investigators testified that Davis repeatedly tried to tell them not to investigate him and drop the charges. 
the guy wound up getting indicted. He had possession of underage uh, pictures of, of girls and was indicted on child pornography. And she wound up being fired in 2009. Why is a person like that allegedly, I mean, fired for allegedly, you know, involving herself in that case? Why is a person like that even running a police department? She was demoted from major to lieutenant. And this is who you picked to run your police department? Like, there was nobody else better that didn't have that cloud of suspicion over them? So we saw this in Ohio with the, the officer that shot. The probably no, though. I, I, it's gotta be. <laughs> you know, it's that's like, be. I just... <laughs> And maybe the maybe because I watched The Wire recently, and just like <laughs> it's 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 <sighs> you, you, you got to get the muck on you to get it's up to that. It's so level. many layers. It's so many. Because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Darren Wilson had like uh, Darren Wilson who shot Michael Brown in uh, not St. Louis, the town right outside St. Louis for uh, Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah, got Ferg on the show and came. Yeah, Ferguson. I believe he had like some misconduct at a previous uh, police department, just transferred there. Uh, the cop that shot Tamir Rice, I believe the same thing. It's just so easy for these so-called bad apples to just move around without any type of holdup. Yeah. But that, I mean, that, that goes to the, the like dichotomy or the, the both opposing sides of the argument, right? There's a lot of people that supported that cop or support those cops all throughout those cases. Uh, and so those are the folks that are going to welcome them with open arms. Like you did the right thing. The, the, those accusations are trash or, you know, those liberals tried to get you or whatever. And so come on over to, you know, this police department and we're going to support you. That's what ends up happening. A lot of times is that, that they get those allegations uh, and there are people who support them and think that they were fine with how they were policing and what they did. My big question is, because, uh, you know, she did fire them immediately. And we, it was just announced that they're going to disband the Scorpion unit for good. My big question is, how many complaints have they gotten before this? And if this wasn't caught on video... And if, if forget video, if 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 Tyree Nichols didn't die, would anything have been done? And that was my point. This this stuff happens. It's probably happening right now, and it, it, it's sad. Um, if it doesn't get caught on video, if that person doesn't die, yeah. Because and it, it's part of a culture, you know. Um, I had this conversation with one of my coworkers yesterday, and who's in the military, so he got it when I start talking about the the real blue lives. You know, like it's it, it's a thing. It's a part of a culture, right? Mm-hmm. The same way, you know, you can say green lives, the military. Like, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes in any large organization like that. That it where you're together so much, um, you have so much power. It's a lot of things that go on, and we got to address it. We got to stop protecting that and call it what it is. So, um, once again. My heart goes out to the Nichols family. That's all I can say. It's just, it's just until the next family. And honestly, it's been a minute. You know, this is probably the longest we've gone without any major police scandal, right? Uh, I guess when you say major, 
like nationwide. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't, you know, uh, since the looting was bad episode, we haven't had, I think, wasn't that the last real, wasn't George Floyd the last real major national news coverage? No, there was a couple police shootings after George Floyd. Um, but I mean, it discussed. wasn't big that had, you know, cities about to burn, all kind of stuff. Maybe I'm, maybe my timeline, maybe they all just yeah, run they, together. They, shit, Atlanta had a shooting like a week or so after George mm-hmm. Floyd. I'm in the Wendy's parking lot. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Overshadowed, though, because we we're so busy. We, we were so stuck on the, the last. Yeah, we were still reeling from George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is similar to this from the accounts of the video of how inhumane the treatment was. So. Did you guys watch the video? Oh, no. I, only, I, I saw part of it and just, you know, I, I never watch it. I've never watched. I still haven't watched the whole George Floyd video. Like, yeah. I, I just refuse to watch a black man die. I've seen it enough. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I couldn't. I mean, I, I've heard enough stories and everything. I. I don't have a dog in the fight when it comes to prosecuting them, trying them. I can't change anything that happened. They beat him up. He died. I, that's all I need to know. I don't need to know a blow by blow. I don't need to make assumptions and, and thought my thoughts on how it went and, you know, when it became too much and, you know, were they right or wrong? I mean, it's, it's not my call to say, I mean, I'm just like Ferg said, I'm just tired of having the conversation about it. Where's Sophie? I need a joke. Uh, she's downstairs, but she has company, though. I don't know if she has one. Hold on, let me check, though. Hello. Hola. Oh, she made it. Hey. Salutations. <laughs> Greetings. Thank you for welcome- I mean, gracing us with your presence today, Sophia. Thank you. How goes it? How was the birthday party? Good. Is that a whale? Is that a nor- norwal? What is that? It's a Loch Ness monster. Is her name is Nessie. It looks like a Norwal. I gotta be honest. But it yeah, but it has no, no, it has no yeah, notes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, I have a very good joke. Oh, I will be the, the judge of today. Okay. I think it's a good joke. No, no, it's no, no, no backpedal. No, be- <laughs> don't backpedal. Come on. Did you know that French fries weren't first cooked in Greece? I mean, ah. <laughs> No! Ah, they were yeah. first cooked in French and then they were cooked in Greece. Ah, dang it, Sophie. That was about to be a good one. That would have been a good uh, one if I had yeah. said it correctly. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. I got too excited you, for the yeah, good you know punch you, 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 Your quick twitch muscles Greece. started going and. Uh, uh, yeah. I Give us something else. I know you got Give us another one. I know you got another one. Okay. I got into an odd fight. With one, three, five, seven, and nine, the odds were against me. (laughs) 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 That makes up for the joke I messed up. Yeah. Yes. I think the first one would have been better, though. I I really like that one. But I said it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. It happens. It happens. You can't be perfect. You can't be beautiful, smart, and funny all the time, right? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, you can. That's what you are. Ah, That's what ah, you are. Ah, Not all the time. <laughs> all right, baby. Bye. Bye-bye. All righty. 
let's go ahead and jump into it. You know, we're back. Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop style podcast where when you hear the questions, we hear the questions. So we don't prep for this. It's all off the cuff. Who wants to go first? Um, I, I think I, it's I, all I, you, but I ask a question. It's damn near rhetorical because I feel like I don't answer. But uh, do you two gentlemen think that black people will ever be equal? Equal and to I what? Guess in a, <laughs> equal. I guess in a sense, I'm asking: Will we ever get rid of racism? As we know, like ever, like. Okay, we we can we can concede not our lifetime, but like ever. Uh, when aliens come, <laughs> no, I don't think. Okay, I'll say this: I don't think we'll ever get rid of racism or any isms. I think it's just part of the human fiber um, to have to group ourselves. Yeah, to group ourselves. Anything. I think the best we can hope for is to be more open about our isms and accepting and to the point where and I had this conversation with once once again with my coworker where we understand that everything everybody should be canceled by because of their beliefs Mm. you know let's say in a perfect world somebody took a test a racist test right and they and one of the questions is would you date outside of your race no another question might be you know would you want you know your your son or daughter dating outside of your race the answer is like no I, I prefer not to and so let's say they get that their test results back and they find out that they are 87% not racist there's thir- there's there's certain preferences in their life that they just still have. At a certain point, I feel like we have to deal with certain things that people are still going to have their biases. People are never going to we're never going to all be on one accord. You know, is it sexist? Is it racist? Is whatever? Like if you're more aligned with this, especially if it's not harming anybody else. And because I think a lot of times we're so caught up of not being grouped with the you know as a racist or as a sexist that we don't we won't talk about the little is that we do have you know like well I'm not a racist I, I got black friends yeah but you've never dated outside of your race you never you know when was the last time you ate uh, in an intimate environment with somebody of a different race meaning at your house their house those type things like how welcoming are you with other cultures in your house? So like there's there's still certain biases that you have. That doesn't mean you're not a good person. It's just, you know, like, hey, you know, you're 12% racist. And I'm fine with that. You know, like it's it's we have to be able to have those real conversations where now Byron is not uh canceled because he won't he won't date outside his race. Oh no, that's reverse racism. No, just just bias. It, it is what it is, you know, like okay that's my one you know i'm six percent racist you know um i think most people are are some percent ist like most people have some kind of isms associated with them nobody's a hundred percent 
non-sexist non-racist non-biased like they you we all have our biases and if we can accept that i think and talk about it we'll be in a much better spot you know and and so so to answer the question i i say yes because i think at some point we will get there nope i i I don't and so again we have to talk about racism as a system versus somebody an individual being racist right Mm. and i i think that's the difference there i think at some point uh and it's going to take generations right it's going to take sophie's great grandkids or something like that there's going to be a point where it's individuals will be racist but society won't be anymore i and i i I really feel in my fiber that at some point it's going to get there um because as we've seen we've gotten a little less racist a little less racist a little less racist each generation uh and so as those hardcore racists have those black grandbabies uh and they learn to love them i i think it's gonna change the dynamic as media starts portraying mixed race couples right um it, it, i tipped a hand on a, one joke one uh, one of the jokes in the show was about um they don't have uh same couple bear or same um race couples anymore in commercials they're like all the all the there it's an asian person and a white person a black person and a white person a black person and an asian person but there's always mixed race couples on every commercial uh so, so companies are seeing it media seeing it kids are seeing it kids are growing up seeing that and so as they start to see that they are going to be inherently a little bit less racist a little bit more open uh and, and i think as generations happen and as generations go by uh, we'll see that happen and we'll see that shift where we'll have some type of um, uh, of not necessarily racism uh, but there's definitely going to be racist people and there's going to have people that have is there uh, so I do think black people will get some some form of equality but it's just going to take a really long time as long as a somebody can openly ban African American history or AP African American history does not okay great a commercial says that black people and white people date and now you go buy some Legos or whatever the hell but they they won't teach African American right. history in school right. but, like, but it, it, that's, it's, it's that's, still... that's because the boomers and Gen X are the people that are mainly <laughs> voting in Florida and they still racist it, it is what the, it is right I mean as that the younger generation don't think like that you know our not. generation Sophie's generation or Haley's generation don't think like that Sophie's generation are going to think a little bit less racist and, and that's why I say it's going to take it's going to take generations I'm not even saying like Byron said not in our lifetime but there's at a point there is going to be a point where there's no way DeSantis gets elected in the United States of America I, I hope you're right cause, but I just feel like as long as two things are in play and they might go hand in hand uh, systematic racism benefits more people than not and white privilege is still a thing it's like Sophie's generation doesn't mean uh, Haley's generation doesn't really care that much because they haven't got, had to get into the workforce and feel like mm-hmm. they lost a job to this black guy because of affirmative action you know even though they they're still young like, works. Reality, reality hasn't hit you know like when white privilege starts lessening you fight back you know like they're going to fight back 
as the the more liberal and open and accepting the world becomes, there's going to become a there's going to be a hell of a pushback at some point. And the question is, can we overcome the pushback? Yeah, we posted uh, we posted a meme a couple of weeks ago. It said uh, white liberals when they start talking about uh, reparations for black people, and it had <laughs> it faded into Leonardo DiCaprio from Django. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, they're yeah. they're down for equal rights and stuff until you start talking about taking away some of their stuff, taxes. You, you yeah. know, any well, we should have to pay for it. Okay. You know, so it sounds good, but reality hasn't hit for the the youth when yeah. it's it's but it, but, but it, it's one of those things that the reason why a lot of folks thought that black person got it because of affirmative action was because that inherent thought that black people weren't smart enough or good enough to actually have the job, right? So when we talk about representation and things like that, that for our kids isn't a thing because they see black doctors on TV. They see black doctors in the community. They see black people portrayed in these actual um, roles. And so the thought of a black person can't hold that. A black person can't be this. Black person can't get that. They can't be smarter than me. Uh, You know, that is not as prominent in those kids as it was in these generations, even our generation. And I I feel like that's going to get more and more as we go. Okay, I, I I lean towards a lot of what uh, Rosie said, but I will say, for all the ground, all the um, accomplishments that we've made towards equality, I do feel like in the recent years we've taken some steps backwards. Just with, like Ferg say, some of the elections that we've had uh, tells you exactly where America stands. Um, you look at a lot of the other things. And, and their reaction to it. It's like, we have so long to go. So that's why I can lean towards what you're saying, Rosie. But like you said, I just don't think we'll see it in our lifetime. I'm not even sure Jasmine's grandkids will see it in their lifetime. But at some point, like, it's hard to fathom, but at some point you got to think like, man. Because like, we look at slavery and stuff as a long, long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Like, if you think about it, some of our like great-grandparents were like kids of slaves. You know what I mean? It wasn't that long ago. So I don't know if it just takes more and more time or just like, uh, I think, Raza, you mentioned just breaking down the the whole systemic part of it. But I do want to caution you. I know you said we may always have individual racism, but individuals make up the system. So it's going to have to, it's going to have to be like a very, very small amount of individuals for the change, but we'll see. We won't see it in our lifetime, so. It's a capital society. Racism thrives. Yeah. You gotta have a lesser class, and that's one of the easiest ways to divide us, is racism. So. Alright, who's up next? Um, I can go. Um, my, Mine may be quick. I always say that, but um, <laughs> so I was talking with one of my army buddies, and she called me out of the blue. It was um, Santiago, my, my team sergeant from when I was in Iraq. Uh, and shout out to her. Um, something big's coming. She hasn't announced it yet. So, but I'm so so proud of her. But um, she was calling to tell me about that and everything. And talking to her, 
I slipped back into military mode and Ferg, you probably know where I'm going with this now. Um, and just in our maybe 10 or 15 minute conversation, I found myself cursing like a sailor uh, just in that conversation. And so I want to ask you fellas, um, are there people that when you get around them, you just inherently curse more or just, you know, just get freer with your words? Uh, and why do we do that? Like, why why do we, I guess, code switch into, into those modes uh, versus just kind of our normal day-to-day speech? <sighs> um, I've cut back quite a bit on cursing in general, no matter who I'm around. But at one time, yes, it was very noticeable that I did that, depending on who I was around. I already know, uh, who, for, I know, I already know who, <laughs> who the person that brings that out of you is. <laughs> but, you know, like, if I'm around a, a Wendell or a James, it's definitely going to fly out. James makes you curse, by the way. He does. It's like he the only does. language he understands sometimes, man. But, <laughs> versus... Uh, Versus my coworkers, man, or like just other people in general, you know, I tone it down. And I think it's because like you asked, why do we code switch like that? I think it's just, you know, that so like me and Wendell, for instance, we we have like certain just like you and Ferg, I'm sure have me and Wendell, we have certain inside jokes that, you know, something we experience together or whatever like that, that. It's so funny that every time we see each other, we we reference it or we, we talk about it. And it, it requires cursing, you know what I mean? Like uh, it was a lot of a lot of interesting people in Tomaville and, and going to some of those stores to buy uh, certain beverages that you would come across, and funny stories came behind that. So uh, yeah, man. So I think that's why versus like a lot of my coworkers I met when I was in my uh, mid twenties, thirties. Now I'm forty. I'll be forty two next month. So, you know, as you get older, you know, you you tend to talk like that a little less versus when you see someone from your childhood, you know, when you're reminiscing and stuff, you revert back to that kind of talk. Yeah, I agree with Byron. So it's it's two parts. Like one is like you said, if it's somebody from your childhood or it depends on when you meet them in your life and what the norm is. You know, if I meet you, the average person off the street in my 30s and my 40s, the conversation, our relationship, the jokes and the 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 banter is different than it was when we're talking about walking the hollowed halls of John L. LaFleur, you know. And then also just got to call it is when we're around the bros, you know, um, (laughs) I think it's a culture thing. You know, sometimes you're just you slip back into a even though I might meet somebody tomorrow, um, if we hang out enough, we're in the same. There's certain because of things that may be going on, like we might be drinking, we might be um, playing some sports. Or we might, like it's certain things that bring out certain conversations that might move better or the flow is more natural with including choice words. You know, the dialogue changes, you know. Um, and I think it's just it's just kind of part of the culture. Even you guys, you know, the, and it's not even the two of you. Like when we all get together, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> we all get together. When it, the three of us, Sherman, Wendell, uh, James, uh, more key, like it's 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 somebody. First of all, somebody's gonna get cussed out at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that is true. <laughs> somebody's gonna get cussed out. Somebody's gonna bang their head on hang, hand on the table, cussing. Somebody's gonna bring up an old story about something, and you like, and a, a, a debate's gonna come up. Like that's not how it really happened, and like those things are gonna happen. Um, so I guess in some of my more freeing moments, you know, uh, more people I can relax with, uh, when I don't have to be the 42 year old father, husband, businessman, like, you know, like I don't have to be the professional version of me and I get to let my guard down and just kind of slip into that carefree little to no inhibition version of myself so and Porsche <laughs> Porsche makes me cuss a lot Por- Por- the top of the list <laughs> Porsche Dion Duval you know I've, I've met Porsche only once and she seems like she makes um, you cuss she's sweet and as innocent as white's only pie so I don't know how she makes you curse her. that love them. see <laughs> that love yeah you, you kinda of course right for you you went down that, that route that I was uh, kinda of gonna go it's it's how comfortable I am uh, and it's a comfort level and the the freer I am and the more curse words I use the more relaxed I am um, at times. And so, like, it, it's funny, like, my kids will hear it, right? And and you don't even intend, like, I, usually I intentionally, or I know that I'm about to code switch, or I'm code switching. But with that, when I code switch into kind of like, I'm starting to curse more, it happens unintentionally. It just really kind of flows into it, right? Depending on, like you said, who I'm talking to, or what's like, group I'm around, right? Like the bros or the military folks and folks that naturally curse a lot anyway, you just slip into that mode and you curse a lot more with them. But my kids will see it, and like, like even when the kids are there, you'll slip into that mode, and that's how I know it's accidental, uh, because you know I wouldn't intentionally slip into that mode if the kids were there, and and they'll call me out on it sometimes. Or daddy, you said this and everything, but it's it's one of those things that that lets me know that I'm getting I'm more comfortable, right? I'm I'm letting that guard down. It doesn't necessarily have to be that I'm drinking or anything like that. It's just like I'm feeling more carefree, and I'm not as like on edge and, and watching what I say and everything. So if folks out there, listeners, when you you hear us cursing, we have to bleep out things on this show. And that's why we're having fun. We're hanging out. We we get we're giving you the raw. It's not scripted. It's not us trying to put on uh for you know the show or anything like that. It really is us just kind of being ourselves on the show. And that's why we have to bleep stuff out. But that's that's really what it is. And so when we're cursing over, especially for me, when I'm cursing, that means I'm really kind of feeling it and I'm just, I'm hanging out and I'm letting it, letting it loose. Yeah. Um, cause I, I grew up with that mentality where, um, you curse cause you don't have any better, anything better to say. Mm-hmm. And I kind of believe that at one point, but now I'm at the point where I curse because I don't want to say anything else. <laughs> I want to say it the way I say it, you know, because I'm that comfortable. And shame on when, when you answered, Rosie, it made me think of the comfort level you have 
or you have during these moments or with the old folks when we were growing up were probably with a call that oh go outside or go upstairs moment for the kids mm-hmm. because they were about to get comfortable they were about to be in their element and those are the environments where you find yourself cursing because it's around uh, us it's around the bruds it's around your military um groups it's not around your your work friends it's not around you know they can go to a work function or something at the school and they don't have to worry about that because you're not relaxed they don't have to go outside when you're talking to the teacher but they might have to go outside when if byron comes to birmingham you're talking to byron Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Y'all so, go in y'all room. We we about yeah, to like, sit around those, and have yeah, a like, drink and, and chill out. Yeah, that, that's a level of relaxation, you know. So when our parents used to do that, that means they they about to go into full relaxation mode. They're about to be free, and we might not do that as much as they did, but that's what it comes down to. It was like a certain level of comfort that they had, and um, you're right. It's I got to be comfortable with you or pissed mm-hmm. off one or the other. <laughs> Um, my question. I wasn't really gonna bring this one up, but I had it on my my list of questions. And um, you brought up our kids, Rizzi, earlier during your answer about maybe not their generation, but sooner or later, um, racism maybe being eliminated, but them not seeing race the same way we did. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Like, did your parents ever say you you haven't seen anything? How did they say it? You haven't seen anything that I haven't seen. Like, or vice versa. Like, uh, everything you're doing, they've seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're trying to reinvent the wheel. I, I, I grew up thinking that, and I believe that. Because I feel like our generation is probably closer to our parents' generation than generations past. Do you think that still holds true? Do you think that things are shifting so much that the things that, well, I've seen it all, everything you've done, you've done and seen, I've seen before. Like, I think, is, is it, is it, is there a, uh, a shift? Is that irrelevant? Is that like obsolete now? Y- yes, it's different. Uh, I would like, maybe not us specifically, but I'm sure there are parents close to our age now that haven't seen some of the things their kids are going through. Like cyberbullying. That that wasn't a thing when we were in middle school. I mean, we wasn't even on the on Al Gore's internet yet. I mean yeah. Beyonce's internet. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I'm sure I can't like really point out anything specific, but I'm sure there are uh, things now just because of the access we have now. Like our parents were able to say that because for the most part, you know, if it didn't happen in their city or anything like that, or with with people that they knew or grew up around, then they didn't see it. But now we have access, these kids especially have access to the entire world. And so I'm sure they are seeing and experiencing things that like it may be similar to something. Like I mentioned cyberbullying, like bullying has always been around, but bullying usually it had to be face to face for it to happen in person. Now somebody can just, they can do it anonymously and online and, and run and it's constant 24 hours. That's the other part. So there may be similar instances, but I'm sure there are examples where there are kids that are dealing with things that their parents were not prepared for. I'm going to tell you right. That's a good example because 
my bully, your mama's bully, her mama's bully, her dad's granddad's bully. Like all of them were the same dude. Like it was the same, had to be in your face. They had to just stay away from them. If you can get out of school early and run home, it was over. You know, like it, it's, it, it, it's, it's that. So, you know, bu- cyberbullying is, uh, is a good example, but I think when you look at the internet too. So um, I'm gonna bring my answer in a little while, but I, I definitely wanted to bring that up. Razi, mm-hmm. what you got? Yeah, I, I definitely think there are things that our kids are running into that we weren't ready for, prepared for, have seen. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that kids are seeing things younger and younger. Uh, and so maybe it might not be that we haven't dealt with it, but we haven't dealt with it or nobody's dealt with it at that age. Uh, and like Byron said, because of the internet, right? They are they're getting exposed to things much, much sooner and unintentionally where we could be more intentional and our parents could be more intentional about when we got exposed to things and how we got exposed to things. So I think while it's not they we run into it or they run into it, we ran into it before them, you didn't run into it at six. You didn't run into it at five. So the experience is very, very different for a five-year-old seeing some of the things that these kids see versus what we saw at 12, 14, 16, right? I think that is a huge difference there for us. But I I, I do think while there's a new twist to it, a new flavor, they are running into the exact same things, right? Everybody is, is worrying about the mental health of the child and everything. And I think we as a as an adult as a generation are looking at what they're experiencing and as they experience those new things earlier or more we are responding in kind because we know that they're doing it and so um i it's a hard one to to really answer in a black and white because i i do think it's different but i don't think it's new if that makes sense okay the more I sit and think about it, even listen to your answers, I think we're it's time to reinvent the wheel. Like no matter how much we want to say it's not that different or it's just a little it, it's I think it's a completely new ball game. I mean, starting just think the regular stuff and things like the pandemic, like we still haven't seen the long term effect. Like these kids experience something that adults struggle with. There's going to be PTSD from that. They're experiencing death and stuff like that on levels during that. You know, when my daughter had to worry, like, is somebody going to die going to the store? Like, those are things we never had to think about as kids. Um, Those are big, big ticket issues. But think about things like gay marriage. Like, these are things that. Um, we really didn't have to think about that wasn't really a thing we barely had to think about the LGBT the gay community because back then it wasn't all this it was just the gay the gays right you know we didn't know anybody that dated there was no gay couples at John L we suspected somebody might be gay these kids are going to the prom. You know, they're going to middle school proms. They're going to they're they're self-identifying in elementary school. Like there's all these things that we're dealing with, and like that's new to us. 
that our kids are dealing with that's becoming part of their norm. Like we're still trying to figure out how to deal with people's identities, let alone our kids. We never had that's a boy. I don't care what he, you know, in 1997, you were a boy. You know, like it didn't matter how you saw yourself. And it's probably safer for you to see yourself as a boy, you know, and not date and date a girl or not date at all. Think about, you know, people that we've seen who have uh, come out and a lot of them didn't date in high school. Like there's people that never had um, a boyfriend or girlfriend or anything like that. They couldn't date. Now these people are openly dating and they're having the same and it's not a big deal. Like, you know, my, uh, Z was telling me she had a student at one time was talking about the the student came in because they were heartbroken. They had just broke up with their boyfriend. Um, No, she had just broke up with her girlfriend and you're, the way she was bawling and stuff like that. You would think it was like this long term person they had been dating. But you got to think this is middle school. A week, week and a half. I loved it at her, you know, like. <laughs> It was they're dealing with the same problems we dealt with. The like, you know, you date a girl for a week and a half, two weeks, and you find out she go to the dollar movie and she like Byron now. Now you lost your lady to Byron. Now you're heartbroken. These same things, but it's on a whole different level. Nothing that we experience. Um, we're talking about the race things. Race wasn't the acceptance of race, the the inclusion, you know, we 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 didn't grow up with it in such an inclusive environment. You know, I was at my daughter's um, house day yesterday at her school and just little things about being so politically correct. You know, they sit crisscross applesauce now. I still don't know what the hell that means. You know, like that was Indian style back in the day. Like everything is just changing and evolving. And and I say that because we're learning how to deal with it. Or it's new to us. Therefore, it has to be new to our kids. Or the norm for our kids. The stuff that's new to us is a norm for our kids. You know, um, you know, we talked about the internet and stuff like that. We're talking about cyberbullying, just dating online, online dating. You know, these kids, the these these youth are having um online sex. These girls are text sexting and girls and guys are sexting at 13, 14. They're saying that a lot of people have sent um, new photos before they've had their first first kiss. Like these are things that we did not s- sexuality. Uh, sex was a whole nother ball game. You know, in 1998, what made you a freak is nothing compared to. I don't even. I don't even know. Can somebody be considered a freak these days? You know, like it's well, you, you, shame. yes. You know, like now, hell, they're protecting that. You know, and br- the the people that were considered freaky back in the day would be well accepted with open arms today. And as a matter of fact, the people who clowned them back then, like Byron said, would be saying they're slut shaming. Like the women have way more freedoms, way, way more li- liberties to do stuff. Um, it's just I, I just feel like we, we're reinventing the wheel. Like we're trying to try to figure things out, even dating. You know, we were having a conversation about, you know, um, poly relationships and stuff like that. Relationships. 
it's still conservative, you know, guy, girl, you know, one person, one person still the, is that the norm, but people are experimenting with relationships, dating, marriage, the end game a lot more now. Like, it's not that you want our kids have to grow up, get married, have the, the American dream is changing, you know? Back in the day, you would want Sophie to get married, have kids, do this and this, this. Now, Sophie might like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to be worried about my career. I'm going to travel the world. I'm experience me, date, have fun, and do what I want to do. And maybe adopt when I'm 42 and be, be a single mother. That's a realization for a lot of people. You know, like the there's there's worlds, there's opportunities that these kids are having that they're uh, exposures, experiences, things that they've been. It's just different. For us, it was very cut and dry. You brought up a good one, too, with uh, active shooting, uh, school shootings, because I think the only drills we did were hurricane and yeah. fire drills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, tornado and fire yeah, drills. Yeah. Now they do, they do lockdown It's a different drills. world. You know, yeah. like, I didn't, I never thought about that. Um, and maybe, maybe this was still going on back then, but national news coverage wasn't happening. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many, there's so many different things going on in the world uh, that our kids are dealing with that I just think, because um, I've said this before. Even I feel like it has to be different for them because it's different for us. You know, yeah. even with opportunities with uh, dating and having uh, couples, black couples especially, who have who have more opportunities who have more probably more money you know and so the way my parents dated or a lot of our parents dated and aunts and uncles dated it's different you know it, it's my kids have way more opportunity than I did um, and that's becoming the norm you know these kids are the the fine the finances you know kids having credit cards all this stuff but you know i just feel like we're 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 going not going back so we have to take a step a second it's like i can't raise my kids the same way you brought up um the mental health like you know everybody still wants it i don't think our parents care about mental health like that they were just trying to keep us safe no like we just started talking about mental that's prop that's perfect example we just started talking about mental health for ourselves damn the kids like we just start accepting that we need mental health let alone a seven-year-old right you know you've been award and all this stuff and people will probably look at you sideways for going to therapy <laughs> you know so my bad no nah, man good question good question anything else fellas let's go ahead and um close it out um how how do i want to put this you know what? Before I get to that, uh, real quick, shout out to the Inspire You on Air audience, the new beat of the bay. Thank you guys for listening. Inspire You, thank you for having us. Uh, can't wait to see some of you guys at the Sneaker Ball uh, in three weeks, February 17th. So hope you're in the building. Um, we'll be in that thing, hopefully with a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue at the table and some more beverages. But what I wanted to say was um, Keely Williams of uh, the group 3LW came out and said that uh, she smashed like, I don't know, all the members of B2K or like two. How many members of B2K was it? Three or four? Four, wasn't it? And then it went okay, down so to three? 
Okay, so she smashed like all but one of them. And, you know, Ferg just got through talking about, you know, we don't slut shame anymore and women are able to be free with their sexuality. I'm not, I don't know what prompted her to come out with this, but I just want to defend her because Drea once said that your wholeness gets deleted after two years. And so <laughs> that caught Ferg off guard. <laughs> I just want the listeners to know Ferg was looking at his phone. And when I said that, he looked up like, nigga, what? Drea said, Drea said that it doesn't matter what you've done. If you go two years without being a then your past hardness gets deleted. And so since I know. So, because so, so, I got to get the rules right. So it's not a statute of limitation on that one act. It's a statute of limitation on the hardness. So like you got to go two years free. Yeah. Yeah. So if she you said, if you go, she, she said she went like two years without any bodies on her. You know, she wasn't being a whole for about two years, and it's been deleted. Okay. Okay, because I thought the get, act had a like uh, <laughs> you, you get a fresh, clean record. Yeah. So you so, gotta. That's that's a so that's so that's a, that's a tall task just to delete your hopeness, your hope. Your hope facts. Listen, bankruptcy don't even erase your credit history like that. <laughs> but oh, listen, man. Keely, Keely, live in your uh, your truth. I'm, I'm happy that you're able to. Uh, I wouldn't have recommended you admitted it, but hey, you did. And uh, just want to let you know that you're good to go because your holiness has been deleted. So it you know, matter. you know, another good way to delete your holiness. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell everybody you smashed. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, man. Make sure y'all subscribe to Three Brothers No Sense. We're on all podcast platforms. Uh, check us out. I looked at our ratings, guys. Uh, we're like a 4.9 out of 5. So not sure who the one hater is that didn't give us five stars, but uh, we appreciate that very, very high rating. So if you're on a podcast platform that allows to rate us, please give us five stars. Probably Porsche. <laughs> that evil little small little Negro. <laughs> so check us out. Make sure y'all subscribe. Go ahead, Ross. Man, all I got is along with going to um, your major podcasting platforms and following us, go to threebrothersnosense.com. Check us out there. Uh, copy some of that merch. We love, love, love to see our names on your chest. Um, Pause. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> why are you looking at me like that, Buff? Uh, <laughs> just caught him on guard. <laughs> I, I didn't know you was going to word it like that. But okay. <laughs> and and, and if, if we being real, it's really our faces on your chest. <laughs> funk pop faces. Yeah, it's the Funko Pops. Um, so just go check us out there, man. Grab you some of the, the merch um, and keep sharing and, and telling folks about the show man because uh we're growing we continue to grow uh and we want to grow as much as we can so we appreciate you guys uh check us out okay with that being said uh this is three brothers no sense your local your favorite local podcast if you see us in a couple of weeks at the during mardi gras especially at the sneaker ball come up and speak to us let us know you appreciate the show let us know Tell us what's your favorite episode. Come to us. As you know, we're um, we can be entertaining 
and we will be drunk. So let me disclaimer out there. So whatever we say, our response behind back to, don't mind us. But come speak to us. Let us know. Take a picture with three brothers. Post it on our uh, Facebook page. Tag us in it. We would love to get to meet everybody. So look forward to seeing everybody. I hope everybody looks great. And side note, have any of you guys seen the new house party? No. It's out? I didn't know it was out. Yeah, it came out two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. I'm watching on the streaming service. (sighs) Not good? It's bad. It is all over the place. When I say you will never guess the things that are going to happen and like the people that just show up, the guest appearances on the show. It's it has its funny moments is. And they do pay homage to the original show and some other black um, black movies from the time. But I was quite entertained. I laughed the whole sh- the, the, the it was. I laughed. You should have checked out You People, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention that. Yep, You People. Yep. Is it good? Okay. All right. I was going to watch that tonight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, with that being said, Three Brothers No Sense, Six Rules of Podcast. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment. Uh, And most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.